Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Veteran Growth Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Hartman. On today's episode, I believe it's episode 21, I get to talk to my good friend, Mike Ergo. Mike is a Marine veteran. He is the host of Transitions from War and also is an incredible blogger, which you can also find at Transitions from War. Mike has gone through pretty much everything that you could imagine transitioning as being a, a, you know, a veteran who struggles with PTSD. Okay. Right now, as it stands, Mike has been the 2017 Ironman world finalist, uh, world final spokesperson. He is getting ready to race another triathlon Ironman in China, Xiamen specifically. And what we talk about is how Mike got from such a dark, deep place getting out of the military to doing all these things now, okay? And so we really talked about how you piece things together in your life. He was drowning in alcohol, his wife gave him an ultimatum, and now he's running Ironmans, okay? And we kind of broke down the whole process. We, we broke down what it took between him and his wife. So if you're dealing with personal relationships due to your struggles, okay? Mike has been there too, and he had some very good insight on what to do, how you can be the best you can be in your relationships, how you can get away from drowning in alcohol and drugs. Mike and I both talk about our different drug addictions and different times that we've had in our life where we were abusing drugs and alcohol. And we talked about how we got away from that, okay? So if you're somebody who's having any relationship trouble, if you're having drug or alcohol trouble, if you have PTSD, okay, if you are just not happy, this would be a very good episode for you to give an hour of your time to. We talk about breaking cycles and fearing the unknown, okay? If you notice, in the title of this episode, it covers fear. Fear is everything, and, and controlling our fear it goes into pretty much every topic we covered in this episode, okay? We did cover so much stuff. We, we really did, and I want you guys to dig into this because there's things that are in here that help with every single issue that a transitioning soldier could face, whether you're transitioning like i said if you're having drug and alcohol problems if you can't find a job if you're unhealthy if you're unhappy if you're depressed if you feel suicidal these this this episode these topics we covered that's why we talked about these things i promise you we've both been there we've both been there for several months and we've both gotten out and we've both learned how we can recreate an episode a segment or an hour conversation and curate that towards you if you're going through similar things. So please, please, please give Mike your time. You will come out of this episode learning about healthy relationships, um, how to expose your truth to yourself and to your family. You'll learn about the Veterans Yoga Project. You'll learn about basically anything you need to know, how to recover, how to become a, a flourishing civilian again. Um, and then we also talk a lot about the Gold Star Initiative, like I said, which is something that Mike has launched uh, in correlation with the Ironman Foundation, and it's a good way to honor our fallen soldiers and their families, um, all while doing something physical. And it, it is such a beautiful thing to see Mike racing these triathlons, these Ironmans with an American flag in his hand, representing one fallen warrior and his family or her family at the race, okay? If you wanna get involved, we have that covered, okay? We talk a lot about community. Community has been a very hot topic on this show lately, and I think there's very good reason why. If you're not getting out of your close space at home, if you're not reaching out and putting yourself into uncomfortable situations, you will become progressively worse if you have problems. All right? I hope you guys enjoy this. Please, please, please. We do not ask anything of our listeners other than just to please listen and gain something from this. If you do gain something from this, I would love for you to follow Mike, follow Transitions from War, start reading his blog, listen to some of his episodes. You can actually go to his show and hear my full addiction story. You can hear my full suicide thought story. I had a very low point in life that I've never really shared on this platform, but I do share it when I get interviewed. And I love being able to talk about that openly. I want more people to be able to learn how to turn that mirror on themselves, and I think Mike does as well. We really did a good job of talking about those things for you guys. So let me know what you think. Tag a veteran that you know. Uh, share it. However you want to do it, 
enjoy the show and let us know how it goes. Hard work, hard work. You pack up the suits. Hard work, hard work. You load them up. Hard work, hard work. Man fits. Hard work, hard work. You gotta do it right. This is the Veteran Growth Podcast, an audio experience designed to help you create a sustainable, wealthy, and healthy lifestyle after the military. For Army veteran and host Kyle Hartman, the goal is simple, never stop learning or growing. Whether you're recovering, transitioning, starting a business, or just want to grow mentally and spiritually, we have you covered. Together, this community can accomplish anything. We've already proven it. You can find more at www.veterangrowthpodcast.com. Please enjoy the show. Magazine. So, is it? Are you really <laughs> like? Are you serious? just the online publication? So yeah, if I was trying to hide it. They were my cover. Them and like Runner's World and stuff. That 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 stuff all came out like right around when uh when I raced in Kona. No way, dude. I'm gonna have to. You're gonna have to send me some links to that. So it, you there's articles about your race there or what? Yeah, nice. yeah. They um when Iron Man invited me to Kona, they just they blew it up in terms of press. You know, trying to say like this is this is our person doing the race in Kona for you know a personal interest story. Here's here's his why and here's what. It's going. Yeah, it's pretty cool. We're going to just go right into the triathlons, the Ironman stuff, because it leads into a lot of other things within your story. So yeah. you just recently got done with an Ironman here. In, is it, was that in California? Yeah, it was up here in Santa Rosa, about 10 miles up the road from where I live. So it was nice. Home. It's, it, there's nothing cooler than being able to race an Ironman and sleep in your own bed at the night base. I mean, it makes yeah. traveling a lot easier. Well, you're getting ready to experience a whole shift in that, I think, because I just looked actually just before we got on this call, I looked at your Instagram and you, you're getting ready for your first international race, right? Yeah, I'll be, I'll race, be racing in Xiamen. Xiamen, yes. Yeah, dude. That's exciting stuff. Tell me, so tell me about how that all got worked out. I know uh, you, you know, you've, you've built sort of a reputation for yourself in in not only the triathlon world, but the Ironman world, you know, being the spokesperson in the world finals and just really having like such a truth to what you're doing, I think is why people want to share your story. But like, how does that work getting all the coordinated to be able to go and do the international races and stuff like that? Is that a challenge? Like, tell us about that. Well, for the way it worked out to race in China this year is some is an attorney. He's a, he's a lawyer and he does a lot of business out in China and Taiwan. And so he represents companies out and, and goes over there and does seminars on, on how to make products to avoid, you know, people, uh, to avoid, you know, people getting hurt. And so he'll go out there and, and spend a lot of time just working with different manufacturers and, and companies. And he, he was working with, one of his clients was a manufacturer in the town of Xiamen or the city of Xiamen. And I was talking to him about that and I said, yeah, they do Ironman in China. Cause he was asking me, he's like, I think there's an Ironman right around where they live. And I said, Oh yeah, it's this, it's this new one here and, and someday I'll do it. And you know, he, he travels a lot. So he said, Hey, I got a lot of spare miles. No way. Well, I said, yeah, don't threaten me with a good time. So, uh, so I said, yeah, I, I definitely want to do that. Damn, that, oh, that's, and it, I think that honestly just goes down to like who you know too at that point. I mean, that's what that sounds like. But yeah, Shaman, are you good with the geography on where that's at as far as? I know it's on the coast. Uh, I think it's just the, the, the from Taiwan. So, mm. it, I mean, I've seen the pictures of it. It looks like a beautiful city. I'm just wondering they if have a few comments on, on Facebook. It's not as far north as Beijing and it's, it's somewhat close to Hong Kong because that's mm -hmm. what we connecting through. That's what I was wondering because I'm wondering if it's more Cantonese or if it's more Mandarin. Um, I'd be a sitting duck if it was Cantonese, but just being in, yeah. you know, being able to go to the language school, that's what I was studying there. 
And so I've been so motivated to pick back up on the Chinese, but seeing you going yeah. over there, you know, and then I've been talking about getting my passport for doing just different things too. Um, it's exciting to get to see buddies go and, and see more of the world, especially doing everything revolved around part of your biggest mission in life, you know, so that's really cool. Um, so I kind of want to break this down a little bit more. I know we got to talk a lot more about me on your show. Uh, and I know people have already heard this in the introduction, but make sure you guys check out Transitions for More. Okay, he has a wonderful blog, uh, sent me an incredible questionnaire that was very in depth. So I know he's got some writing talent, but I've also read your blogs. They're wonderful. You guys can follow Mike heavily if you go to the website. Uh, but we did collaborate on your show. And it was, you know, obviously it talked a little bit more about me. So what I wanted to break down was with these triathlons, not so much Ironman. Well, we can talk about why you got into Ironman specifically, I guess, too. But break down the, the, the process for you um, of getting into triathlons. So I know that you battled a lot of very common things that most veterans with PTSD might experience at different times. Uh, you know, we all have very specific stories, but we all deal with a lot of very similar things uh, through our journeys. And what part of all of your hell breaking loose did you find the courage to think maybe I should fucking try doing a triathlon? Right? Like, when did that all? Yeah. I know it's probably was a process. So, like, how did that kind of come up? And what what got you into that? And then it, we'll talk it, about it came it. together in pieces. Okay. Yeah. It was, yeah. It. it it, it came together step by step, like you're saying. And the, the neat thing was that about military experiences, you get to run a lot. So that part was already very familiar to, to me and, and everyone who's been in the military. So right. that, that part was no surprise. I mean, uh, the way it started was, you know, so coming back and dealing with all the hell of, of, of PTSD, I didn't going on, but looking back, I know now that my, mind was recognizing and my eyes were telling me that I was back home in California and everything was safe and, and good. People were nice to me. There were no threats, but my body was giving me signals that I was about to die and something bad was about to happen. And it sucks, man. I, I drive to school sometimes have to turn around cause I would be back. My heart was racing. My hands were sweating. I just could not, I could not deal with it. And, you know, I turned to, a mission in the military in the Marine Corps uh, with drowning everything in alcohol. And that felt good in the moment, but started to leave a lot of consequences. You know, it didn't endear me to friends and family and employers and it wasn't working, you know, it was the best I could do at the time, mm -hmm. but it wasn't helping anything. It was just making things worse. So, when I did stop and I got the ultimatum from my wife, Hey, it's, it's now or now you choose me or the alcohol and the drugs. And I had to become sober for days at a time, weeks at a time for the first time in my life. And I was already involved in CrossFit and that was, I knew I felt good when I did that. But my 30th birthday came around and my good friend that I've known since middle school together, he bought me a registration to a half marathon. And I never run that far. And I was kind of pissed at first because. So what's the run up in that bear? <laughs> yeah, it's like, cool. So I get to work yeah. out and you know, like do all this work for this present work and get tired. Okay. You know, but the cool thing was after, you know, everybody experiences those first couple of weeks of the aches and pains and soreness of, of use and you know, through physical exertion and strengthening muscles and your, your body's trying to figure out what the hell is going on. Mm -hmm. After that passed, I remember a very specific moment. And this was a key moment in my life. I was rounding the corner through a neighborhood and suddenly I had been running for a few miles and I just noticed my body and I just noticed that I felt good. I felt okay. And this is completely free of chemicals. This is completely free of of alcohol or cannabis, you know, um, Norco's or any kind of pills. So it was a cool thing. I felt safe to be exactly where I was and didn't feel the need to need anywhere else. And so that was such a powerful experience. I said, there's something to this. And so I really enjoyed the training for it. I enjoyed the race. I loved it. I loved the experience. And, you know, I had long distance running 
in my past. Uh, you know, I did, uh, you know, some 10 Ks back when I was in elementary school. And so, you know, six miles for is a lot for a kid. I, yeah. you know, so I remembered that. Yeah. I remember that. And it just, something, there's something cool about this. And then I had a Vietnam vet to do a swim from Alcatraz to San Francisco across the channel there. And it's the swim is about a mile and a third. So it was something too fond of. I, I didn't know how to swim very well. Uh, the water was really cold. I was and just say, I just kept thinking about sharks. Yeah, it's in the 50s, man. The sharks, I mean, is that a real threat right there, though, going over there? I'm sure it probably is. No, 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 no swimmer in the history of swimming from Alcatraz in San Francisco has been bit. Mm. The thing I tell people is that if you are swimming from Alcatraz in San Francisco and you get bit, it just means you're a fucking pussy <laughs> or you're a horrible person. I guess you can always be that, that first one. You just so. found a really hungry but, shark that day, I guess. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, no, but, that's so I, that, that I, I want to let you finish, but before we get too far ahead, that inner peace, that calm you felt now that you're sort of a seasoned athlete, in my opinion, you're an athlete from hell uh, <laughs> to do what you do. But um, did you ever get that before? Like working out? I mean, there was it more of a reassurance that, you know what, my body has the ability to get this runner's higher, this, this extra energy, like, let me feed off of it. I mean, how did that, I mean, was it more than what you've ever felt before that kind of just, or was it sort of just like, you remember? Yeah, I felt I it before. Like, yeah, like a runner's high almost, but just maybe on a bigger level. Yeah, it was a runner, it was, it was probably a runner's high, and it was just, it's peaceful, I mean, right? Before, I think with CrossFit, yeah, with CrossFit, it was an intense workout and you're exhausted afterwards. It's a short burst. Mm -hmm. But I think the difference was that I always knew that I could fall back on the bottle. I could fall back on drinking when things got bad, you know? So I didn't know if it would really stand up to the test. Mm -hmm. And so now in, in committed, I had felt that for the first time with the absence of an option to say, I can just go get really drunk. So it was, it was more of, Powerful, yeah. yeah, it was more, it was more of an, a profound experience because I had a lot of days of just feeling a lot of unpleasant feeling put on and, and dealing with a lot of memories from Iraq and a lot of memories of the damage I had done while drinking, trying to get rid of bad memories mm -hmm. and created more. So I think so profound that in, in the context of feeling really bad, and newfound sobriety and then all of a sudden oh this feels good and so it was a nice little island and right in a lot of uh, struggle so and that probably gave you uh, I, you know i like a lot of what you were saying on the questions that you answered to that you gave me just in relation to when you're breaking these cycles having that fear of the unknown and that certainty that you're certain what you're addiction is going to do for you that night right but it's like going out and trying yeah. to run a half marathon and then not really knowing what the fuck's going to come next is where a lot of people retract and they bounce right back into that comfort zone and they it, it's that vicious cycle that the, you know that's why people can't get out so uh, aside from going and putting yourself out there and getting off your couch which is honestly probably one of the hardest steps for most people so like you did one of the biggest See, yeah that's a hard one <laughs> and just got out there and did it but aside from like okay say somebody does give this they hear this conversation and they go give something a try they might not have as a pivotal moment as you but i would guarantee they're going to have something very close to it right what would you tell them would be the next step so say they would go try 5k say they finally go try crossfit for the first time and they're starting to feel these slight effects of just natural high energy life, right? Um, what is yeah. their next step to kind of keep that consistency coming to where they can ultimately break that fear that they are going to not be okay if they venture off into this path of bettering themselves a little bit, you know? I think, I think you have to, to pick something that you. And to what degree is up to the individual, but... I remember that these, these experiences of so the half marathon and then the Salcatraz, they scared me. Mm -hmm. And fear can be masked by anger a lot of times because it's a quick cover-up. But the fear was there. And 
when I realized that I did automatically just run from the fear, but that I could lean in and then I could also tune into the signal that was there with the fear was the excitement of something in my heart to do. So if I could just pause just for a second when that fear was starting to get its claws into me and say, okay, what else is here? Why is this so scary? And just allow for the possibility might be something I really want to do that really inspires me. And maybe the fear is that maybe I'm not good enough to do it. So there's an equal amount, I believe, of excitement and fear in these situations. Excitement that you're about to do something awesome and you're about to step and become one step closer, a giant step closer to that person you want to be, the, that person you are deep inside. And so I think when you finally just to sit with that fear a little bit and say, okay, the fear is here. I'm not going to wait for the fear to go away, but I'm going to take this step in spite of the fear. And I'm just going to for something, commit to something, tell someone, you know, that, hey, this is what I'm going to do and reach out for support there. I think that's the best thing someone can do. You don't have to wait for that feeling to go away. I think it's the point. I love that. I think that's really, really key because it goes up, you know, it goes along so much with that, the whole cliche, like get out of your comfort zone. But I think what you're tapping into is like a level of realness that like, I don't know, just when I envision myself getting ready to jump in the water, like if I were there swimming with you, cold as hell, early morning, getting ready to jump into that water to swim to Alcatraz for a mile, like I've, I've felt sort of like what you're saying, that fear and just, um, it's powerful. And do you think that it, do you think it complements well with, with surrounding that situation with the community? So like on our last, on our I last, think, yeah, so, completely. Have you ever read tribe the book? Yes. By Sebastian Younger. So it was exactly. Just, I didn't read it yet, but we talked about it on the last episode. I talked to a guy named Tyler. Can't give too much info about him, but it's Operation RSF. It's a nonprofit they got going on. And they're hitting on a lot of very, very key foundational things. Um, very educated. They're all SOF guys, like really in-depth episode, right? So you coming up after that is even better, right? And so <laughs> the fact that you've read Tribe, it's been mentioned on the last episode. It's been heavy on my mind. What, I guess... <sighs> Say people aren't into Let's talk about the community, right? Yeah, like what other things can they get that community thing from? It's like jumping in that water, going to Alcatraz. You have a group of people there that get that, like you still have that fear and that excitement, but it's like that community is what gets you to actually jump in the water. Because if you were there by yourself, you're not going to fucking jump in and make that swim unless you're mad. Any any vet can realize or can remember a time when they were either in in basic training or just maybe doing a hard – you know, training evolution where they looked to their left and right and saw the men and women beside them and they were still feeling whatever was an unpleasant feeling, but they saw, Oh, these people are here too. We're in this together. And the power of it is because if you can do that with something you really want to do, let's say it's your goal is to run a half marathon or your goal is to, I don't know, ride your bike for, for, really long or whatever that was that feels out of your reach you reach out to that community that's already doing that that local crossfit gym that local running club whatever it is Mm -hmm. and you just just work up the guts to say hey i'm i'm signing it for this and i want to do it i'm not sure how to get there what what do i do can you help me out and just think of place yourself uh in the shoes of the person who gets asked for help Mm -hmm. you know when someone asks you for help I don't know about you, but when I get asked for help, it's something that I am passionate about and good at. Instead, I'm excited because I was like, oh, this person is going to get to experience that. So I go out of my way to help that person. Right. And so that's the same experience you're going to have when you reach out to that community and you pulled along in that positive direction by them too. I agree. I think that's really good. Uh, and what you were saying too about going through those situations, it's funny, a lot of people give me hell because I went through the Greek system in my failed attempt at college. And I didn't fail college because of the Greek system. Uh, I actually learned a lot. And one of the things that I came out of college saying was that I was a believer in hazing. I was like, you know, I think it's bullshit that they can't haze us. And here's why though, because we still got hazed. 
when the brothers put black paper on the windows, and I'm not comparing going through Greek fraternity systems, hazing process, I'm not comparing that to things you'll experience in the military. It's honest to God, just never going to compare. I've been in both, and it will never compare. But they did haze the shit out of us, right, on a different level. Like, we did some crazy shit. And it was just hard work. It was a lot of scary stuff. They didn't actually physically hurt us. We didn't ever have to physically do anything that you hear about, like, you know, in the, in the general public about hazing. It was just raw, like, scary shit. Like, they would just put a lot of fear into us, make us go through some grueling situations, like, in our basement. Uh, a lot of, like, strenuous activity. But what it did is it put us, it bonded us together so quickly, like, in such a short amount of time that by the time we were supposed to get initiated, we would have done anything for the guys to the left and the right of us, right? And it created that. It, it literally... Yeah, exactly. It's that shared hardship. Yeah, like I'm not saying go beat the shit out of people and like do things that are illegal, this and that. But I think really finding a focus on how this group can endure something so valuable together that the rest of the world can never tap into. And then, but then here's the thing for military and veterans, right? So we have that. We have one of the best tribes coming from the military. What if like our first you know, just a couple experiences getting into a new community don't go well. Is that a persistence thing? I mean, you just got to keep trying, right? Like you just got to keep following your passions and, and just seeing what continues to suit you more and more or. I, I think so. How do you well, get it right? Here's, here's a practical thing mm -hmm. is the, the first time you go there is, is going to be an awkward experience most of the time. Okay. Cause your brain is on overdrive. You're, getting used to it. It's just, you're going to put off some, some weird signals because people can see it's your first time um, joining a new activity or club. So usually I, you know, I give anything three tries and you know, by at least by the third time you'll have a more, I'd say consistent experience with what that group is really like because person um, they won't be brand new. So you can actually kind of tune in to other, what other people are doing and saying, so going in without expectations and what I want to do, these are the people who, who do it too. Let's figure it out. Obviously we'll have something in common, whether or not it's just, it's going to take a little longer to figure, figure it out or not. You think of any new unit that you showed up at, you're probably not instantly best friends with those people. Like whether it's boot camp, whether it's, you know, your duty station, you right. get there. And those, those, those tough, those friendships that are, earned and take a little bit more are the ones that really stick. But I think the other important key on this is why are you doing this? Like what you might not know exactly what it is about this specific uh, sport or activity that's drawing you, but important reason that you want to achieve something greater. And for me, I eventually found that out and I found it out. It was, to guys I was in with who didn't come back and who were killed in action. And once I connected that purpose and it didn't happen right away, I said, Oh, okay. I'm doing this is something greater than myself. And they call that a pro social reason. So by me doing this activity, other people will benefit or other people will have a better life because of me doing this. And now there's a purpose greater than the activity itself. Once you have that, nothing will stop you. And now it's opening doors into, you're sort of curating it into just creating like a legacy of purposefulness. I mean, like when I see you and just your missions and just everything you do has so much purpose involved with it. And you're one of very few people I can say that about that. It's like every move I watch you make, it's, it's all geared towards this bigger mission of, helping other people transition from war <laughs> like yourself, you know, and they might not come out doing triathlons and being an Ironman world final spokesman, but I guarantee they could be if they decided to, and if they heeded advice from folks like yourself a lot, you know? Um, and I, I kind of want to keep getting advice from you because I think that you are somebody that is just going to be very, like I already hold you to such a high respect, but I, I don't think enough of the world has seen you yet, you know? And so I want to kind of get some nitty gritty from you while I still have the opportunity. Okay. And so I'm going to kind of shift 
Yeah, well, I appreciate your stuff, so thank you. Yeah, no problem, man. I really do. I respect you a lot for everything you've conquered and just gone through and just the way you've been able to evolve has been awesome. It's, it's uplifting as hell. And I want to kind of like bust your balls a little bit here. So yeah. shout out to, this is kind of like random, but I think it's big. Um, shout out to your wife, okay? Shout out to you and your wife for everything you guys endured together. Uh, I don't want to dig too much into your personal relationship with her, but you guys had a point where she gave you an ultimatum where you were basically battling your addictions, your PTSD. It was like before you found your way almost. Um, there was a time where she stuck with you she did give an ultimatum, but like, do you have any recommendations for veterans that are dealing with all this shit, right? I think one thing we talk about so much is them and their well-being, but it's like, what about those that are in a, a marriage or a relationship and they are battling these demons and they are abusing drugs like you and I once did, you know, and just like, they are lying to their spouse to cover up their problems. How did you manage to fix that and it might not all be perfect but how did yeah. you manage to hold your relationship together through all that shit i just started and telling the truth that was it. i just started telling the truth because when the, when when i just started living uh, i started doing things i wasn't proud of you know being unfaithful to my wife that was a big part of it mm -hmm. um big part of the addiction and the the, the using and just seeking in the moment it was when I, 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 so I had to start lying to cover up who I wanted to like be my, my reputation and to have it all. And it wasn't the stress of that was way worse than any benefit of it. And so when I started telling the truth, when I started, I need to tell the truth to myself and I need to tell the truth to other people, the very best of my ability. And if something feels wrong, don't do it. Something wrong, apologize. Try to make it right. Just those very simple things. Because if if you can't, if I couldn't look myself in the mirror, I I couldn't off anyone else. I was just I was just going through the motions. And so anyone, I'd say just start telling the truth. Start telling the truth and start spending time with yourself. And what's really important to me? What am I actually here to do? And when you can start making things right and that's different for everybody when you can start telling the truth revolutionary and i mean that in every sense of that word revolutionary because you think of places like the soviet union and, and i'm thinking about that now I'm reading part of a uh, uh uh archip um gulag archipelago uh that jordan peterson refers a lot to and also watching the the chernobyl doc uh, oh, series man. on hbo man Nice. Everybody has to lie. The series, like the, the system was set up where everybody had to lie. And, you know, it, it wasn't to that extent in my life. But if you have enough lies and you're surrounded by enough lies, telling the truth is a revolutionary act. And that, that's, that's what it is because we have no basis for trust and communications to operate at all. And so it's just all fear of getting all fear of people discovering who we really are. And see, I never had to deal with my issues. So I was in a relationship, but it wasn't one that obviously I'm not in that relationship anymore. Like it wasn't as in, like I wasn't married. It was a big, big part of my life. Uh, I certainly like put the significant other through a bunch of shit during my problems. We both had our problems, right? But for me, the, the big threshold on my life when I was acting the way I was and like when I was really letting my life slip uh, was really like still fear of my parents and all the lying and hiding and sort of like living two lives. That was, that was the way it was with sort of like my immediate family. It was like, I was in the army playing yeah. fake, like, you know, but I was internally losing my mind. I was having anxiety attacks, like <laughs> doing drugs, you know, the, the works. And so, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I kind of wanted to just highlight that because I think it gets overlooked a lot. Like if you're, if you're somebody that's listening and you're in a relationship and you are dealing with things that veterans deal with, I wanted to kind of just open the air for that really fast because I don't know a lot of people that do, you know, uh, how does somebody work all their problems out while maintaining a family, maintaining a relationship as well. So thanks for 
Thanks for you know show, yeah. sharing a little bit of that with us. I, like I said, I don't want to dig too much into your you and your wife's personal life, but um, it's something I yeah. feel. Like- I mean, well, one thing I can say is this. Yeah. You know, one one thing I can say is that it's not going to happen all at once. I mean, it's unrealistic to to expect that you can go from uh, hiding and covering things up and and living in fear to being completely open and honest mm-hmm. with everybody. Nor would you necessarily. But I think if you can find one person that you can tell the truth to, whether that's a, a therapist, whether that's a friend, whether that's, you know, a priest, like, you know, in a booth, whatever it is, being your real self with at least one person, that's, that's so key because you can do that in a way where you get experience. Oh, here it is here. I actually get to be my real self with someone. You know why that's so key? I'll tell you why that's so key right now. I'll educate you. It's because... You, you have not yet been able to tell yourself the complete truth. And until you can find somebody yeah. to tell the truth to, like that is what is going to turn your whole life. It's Because for me, it wasn't telling my parents the truth right away. It was going and seeing counselors while I was still acting like an idiot, but then literally telling them everything. Like I remember like having the audacity to tell my counselor, like I just finished my last bag of Coke before driving over here. But it was like the most... <laughs> yeah. Like, and I don't, I don't, I don't mind admitting that anymore. Right. But it's like, yeah, yeah. that was the scariest thing that ever crossed my mind going into that. And then I was like, I got to do this. I'm wasting my fucking time. If I don't go in here and just, and and you should have just facing your fears. I wish you could have seen just the way she handled it though. And it was the most life changing thing I've ever had happen to me from like a therapist or a counselor you know, situation. Yeah. I think that's it. That's really is like, if you can manage to tell somebody else the complete truth about your dog shit self and in, in your dog shit times, <laughs> then you're going to be able to open up more to yourself and be like you said, to be able to look into that mirror with so much more clarity. And then in that process, starts- that's the core fear, man. The core, that, that core fear that we keep is that if I really show someone who I am, I, they won't like it or I'm not good enough. They'll reject it. And when you can have that experience, and just expose that fear for it is, you know, with someone who's safe, mm-hmm. then, then you realize, oh, okay, what else is a fear that's just an illusion that I can walk through and discover is not a real barrier. It's just something I've made up. I've constructed this barrier in my mind. Yeah, I agree. Our minds are super powerful. How, um, how, more, how much are you into like yoga, meditation? If not a lot, that's okay. Oh, I'm just literally curious. Every single week. Yeah, I'm, I'm lucky enough. I just got to do yoga a week at my work, which is awesome. And so we have a veterans yoga project come in and, and provide yoga for my clients. And I get to take part too. I was actually just doing yoga yesterday. In fact, um, it's, it's, it's docked. It's a museum now. It's an aircraft carrier in, in Oakland <laughs> or in, in Alameda. And we had like 100 veterans that's on, the, on the flight yeah, all doing yoga. So cool. So, so okay, that's, that's important though. Yeah, that that many people are participating like that. Oh yeah, it's which was so. And I, I spoke there, and I was telling people just about how yoga and meditation were two things, especially yoga, because it was hard to sit and not do anything at first, but uh, but be to be able to 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 do different poses and and stretch my body. Um, be able to and have an increased tolerance to be exactly where I was in that moment. I, I had some experiences there too of a really mm-hmm. profound, and I, said, I don't throw that word out lightly, but profound, important experiences of just feeling safe in my body. And I didn't know what that meant at the time when I was just running from things. Right. I just knew I had to go. I just had to go wherever it was. I had to go. But I, I was just completely satisfied. I was like, oh, I can be right here. And like the weight of my shoulders dropped off the same way after like I, you know, would get really stoned. And I knew what that feeling was, but I didn't have to get chemically altered to have this feeling. I, I got what I was seeking out of that. I'm sort of contrary to y- your yoga experience as far as like I haven't practiced it much at all. Like I, I don't know many of the poses yet. What I've been doing is reading a lot about it. And I can already tell you that I've already found that inner certainty to where now I know going into practicing my poses and like getting it down with a routine and working on my breathing 
I already know what it's going to do for me just from the literature that I've been reading. Yeah. It's powerful stuff. Um, and, and a lot of it's connected to religion. Dude, I think with anything. But it's a connection to your yeah. self, ultimately. To the That's universe. really what it is. Yeah. And, and you can really get whatever you want out of it in, in terms of the spiritual aspects of it. And I think just like anything, if there's a kernel of truth in it, which with yoga and mind and these things, there are um, of just human physiology and the way we are. You're going to find shyers. You're going to find weirdo like yoga people with gray ponytails and just, uh, just charlatans selling bullshit too. So that is there. And There's that's a like fad. why so yeah, many people popular. avoid it, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. So that's there. But that there's still places you can go and do yoga where people are, are like, we're not going to, you know, try to convert you to Hinduism. We're not going to get you to do anything weird. You can just do see if you feel better after breathing. You know, <laughs> that's yeah. all there is. Go with that. You have to like want to, like you have to be seeking the benefits that you're hearing other people talking about, right? Like hopefully yeah. people hear our conversation about yoga right now and it just maybe influences one of these listeners that might be struggling to go try yoga and hopefully it changes their life. Um, not, It's not like a mystery. It's hopefully they have what it takes to go a couple times to get themselves in that routine to make it a lifestyle change. Right. It, it's not that it won't work. Yeah. And, and yoga, it, I think one of the translations for yoga is just unity. Mm-hmm. So unity, mind and body and, and spirit or just mind and body. And so if you can get, get those two things in sync, that that's, you don't have to attach any beliefs or religion uh, to that. I want to get on your level. I want to be able to come do yoga and then we'll go run like 40 miles or something. I got to get, you know, Jump in I got to, man, and swim away from sharks. I need to train a little bit more to be able to run some, some races at your level probably. But, um, you know, I, I'm very big on the, the yoga thing lately. Uh, I've been big on a lot of different things. Um, very holistic sort of mindset right now. So the, the yoga thing you were doing with the, the 100 vets, was that through the North Bay Vet Center stuff or not at all? Is that something different? This, this was, this was um, through an organization called the Veterans Yoga Project. And it's oh, Veterans Yoga Project. Yeah, okay. Project. They, they've started coming in a lot of different vet centers and VA clinics to provide yoga instruction. And their, their mission, I was talking to uh, these guys yesterday there, I was like, you guys are have a very similar mission to uh, like Green Berets in the sense that it's you're trying to become worse. Their goal is to, to train veterans to become yoga instructors and go teach uh, yoga to other people. And so it's just like, you know, when you, you hear about the Green Berets, you know, we're local population, the natives teaching them how to fight and then lead their own command. Like go, yeah, go teach yeah, this yeah. place how to function, please. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's really neat. I, yeah, I didn't know if you wanted to plug the North Bay Vet Center, but you do volunteer there, right? Yeah, well, I've been... Well, you're running it now, or kind of like... A director. I'm running that thing, man. It's, it's, it's pretty cool. It's pretty wild to, to think that I'm a boss of something in only my mid-30s, but, <laughs> you know. You're a boss uh, of a lot of Part of... <laughs> I'm... I'm uh, I started going to a vet center to get counseling, and... I ended up having such a, a great experience felt hope for the first time that I pursued that. And I've been a, um, a licensed clinical social worker for a few years now and been doing counseling, providing counseling for other vets for the past years. Yes. But the North Bay Vet Center up in Rona Park, yeah, I've been uh, running it there for a little over a year now. And it's, it's pretty fun. Have you heard of Veterati? I haven't. You ought to check that out. It's a free mentorship resource. There's a bunch of those, but this one's kind of cool because they're not super selective with their mentors. So like I've signed up to be a mentor because I figured somebody out there wants some advice on podcasting. Like I'm not, I'm not a mogul, you know, I'm not a multimillionaire cool. or anything, but like I signed up there and um, gotten a really good return on just other veterans who are literally just doing what we're advising them to do and like reaching out, going out of their comfort zones, connecting with other vets. So. Check Veterati out. Pretty much everyone I've had on the show is the reason why I'm on there. Like they influenced me to get on there. And now, you know, pretty much 
most of the people I've had on the show I've seen as a mentor on there. Uh, and so you wouldn't be out of your league in any way, shape or form, but I'm sure there would be people who would be interested cool. okay. in asking about, you know, maybe working on races or like trying to get out into their physical activity, you know, just whatever the interest them. I don't know. That's something to consider for you, but I was going to say too, for everyone listening, we have a vet center where I live and I know I went there. I actually found it because of my nine to five. They had like a, some kind of thing there <laughs> and it was in this vet veterans. Well, they call them veterans museum, but it's like this huge center. And I talked to them about renting like a boardroom for a thing. Like when I have meetings or anything with like my business stuff, um, very, very cool. They have like a ton of resources there. So I'm assuming you, that's kind of what you're running is something very similar, just a hub for veterans to go get resources and counseling and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the term is refers to so many different organizations and things. It's, it's somewhat ambiguous, but the, the vet center program that I'm part of is it's part of the system, but the vet center specifically are, are focused on providing not just individual and group talk therapy, like they do at the VA complimentary stuff, like yoga, like fishing trips, like hiking groups, like hanging out and playing video games. Uh, I go on walks with my clients a lot, you know? So we, we provide counseling for anyone who's been deployed to a combat theater, anyone who identifies as experiencing any kind of sexual trauma. And, you know, we do trauma, trauma work. We do pretty much everything. Marriage counseling. It's, group to be part of and are are you a part of any sort of national grouping or no do you know like there's got to be a lot of these in most areas right or something similar oh yeah yeah i think there's 300 vet centers across the country okay yeah i just there's there's one there's one within a few miles of, of most people and you live in like the middle of alaska well in which case you could go to the fairbanks vet center so <laughs> there's there's a lot of them out there. They're all, they're all uh, a healthcare system. And in my very biased opinion, uh, one of the best parts. No, I, I would probably agree to that. And, you know, for a lot of people that feel like they're stuck down and confined into like the VA's world, these are definitely areas that you'd want to be checking out, I think. But I want to get into one last thing before we wrap this episode, because I know this is important. I just put out a blog recently that mentioned part of this. Um, so you actually went, went with the Ironman Foundation and initiated and, and you, you want to talk about the Gold Star Initiative or you've yeah, started the Gold Star Initiative? That's like something you're helping to promote or you, you've launched that? Uh, yeah, I, I launched it last year. And so the Gold Star Initiative what came out of a full Ironman race I did last year in which they asked me, Hey, this is your hometown race. We're going to make you ambassador for this race. Uh, after I did the world championships and people had started to hear my, what I was running for. And they said, what do you want to do to make this race have your own spin on it? And I said, I want to carry a flag for the whole marathon in honor of a local gold star family and someone who's killed in action and bring their family to the race and, and honor them. Hmm. And it got such a positive reception. I mean, the family, the family just was felt so great that their son was remembered, that their sacrifice as a family was acknowledged, that people just to see that people had not forgotten. They got a lot of positive support from the community. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, The community is like still alive in our hearts, you know? So I did it again in the summer. And then I, I asked, it's a national thing. And so other vets can connect with gold star families. And so better than any kind of survivor's guilt can connect with a gold star and allow that survivor guilt to just melt away. And it's, it's not theirs to carry in the first place is which I, what I learned about my uh, survivor's guilt and finally be able to connect with a vet who they desperately want to connect with a lot of times in the community. And so basically at Ironman events, half Ironmans and full Ironmans, we are connecting veterans who will carry a flag and sometimes in some cases race with a gold star family member and, and carry their name on the string 
and let everybody know that, that this person is not forgotten. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I'll actually be racing this summer too with a sister of a guy I was in with. I will cross that finish line together, carrying a flag with the, the name of her, her fallen brother, a guy who was in my unit, Travis Desiato. So I'm so excited about it. So yeah, I launched it. Um, veterans can apply. Veterans can apply to, to be the person who carries that flag and, you know, competes in, in an Ironman or a half Ironman event. And we have Gold Star families can apply to be the family who, who is honored and welcomed into that community as well. And so, yeah, I'm, 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 all, the, all the money I raise goes to, this, goes to that. Now, they can find that through, can they get, I'm sure they can find ways to get there through transitionfromwar.com, but is there, do you want to give the other website for that too? Or, I mean, I'll plug those into the episode, but yeah. do they want to go through the Ironman Foundation to get there or do they want to go through your website? Yeah, to apply, you can click on the, there's ironmanfoundation.org. And I think it's uh, forward slash uh, gold star initiative. I'll and, put it. You in know, there. I'll send you the link to put in the show notes directly to apply directly there. And yeah. you know, people who want to contribute uh, donations to that, you know, I can give you a link to to my fundraiser. You know, people are that step and and join in and take a race, but they want to throw some money towards towards a great cause. I'm not turning any way and turning away anyone on that front either. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I would definitely love to promote that. Uh, <laughs> just had a blog that I posted with um, where I was basically posting about mentorship resources and mentioned the whole Veterati thing. And But uh, I kind of threw in a bonus there for the Gold Star Teen Adventures um, to try to get, you know, just raise some awareness on that. It's such a good cause. And, it, you know, Gold Star families, I think, deserve the most, you know? Um, and so being able to do that and, and create just sort of your path to, to participating in their mission and just everything that they're doing, but doing it to where you curated it to like your life specific. I think that's super cool, super intelligent too, <laughs> how you came up with all that. Um, but also just very, very important, I think. And, and that's, that's the big thing. And so I commend you for it. And, um, just for persisting on everything you do, it, it's very commendable and um, inspirational to say the least. So I definitely appreciate everything that you do. Um, it definitely doesn't go unnoticed. I'm eager to continue spreading your word. Yeah, no problem, man. And um, yeah, if you wanted to add anything else onto this episode, I'd love to let you have the floor and just, I don't know, anything you want to throw out there before we wrap up this, this episode? I think I just would restate what we were talking about and encourage listening who, who feels any slightest tinge of, of inspiration or motivation from our conversation here, just to examine the next little bit of fear or, or look at something that seems beyond their ability level and just sit with that for a second and realize all the resources you need within yourself to do this. You have all the resources you need to take that step. And fear is one of the greatest skills. It, it's, for me, it's, it's, it's like that homing beacon of something that's my next step that's, that's important to me. And I believe that. So if someone can take that away with them and just notice that the next time they feel that little uncomfortable feeling of fear, there's something deeper in there for them. Yeah. I, I think it, what you're really hitting on is I, it's a big part of what I think most people are seeking ultimately too. And, and oh, completely. Once you jump into that, it'll take you and it's sort of like it's taken you and, and it just goes. And man, it, it's, uh, I always get so fired up every time we talk. Just, uh, I, I'm going to go do some yoga now. There's a very practical a way of doing <laughs> this too. <laughs> no, yeah. go ahead. You know, there's one practical way of doing it is like, you, I mean, you don't have to sign up for an Ironman you know, sign up to ride your bike across the world or something insane like that. You can take a step with this today by just telling someone who's important to you feelings about how you care, uh, how much you care about them, what's important about them and, and expressing gratitude to someone. Cause that's, that's scary when you do it authentically. No, I agree. That's a, that's a way we can feel it right off the bat. You know, whether it's with one of your kids, whether it's with a friend, whether it's with a significant other, 
and you see your heart and you realize what it feels like afterwards, then, then that can be, you know, your first step on a really cool path. And then get your ass in a 5k race real quick. Exactly. And then go <laughs> hit the pavement, man. And start yeah. sweating. <laughs> uh, I, I love everything you had to say. I wish, you know, I wish we were a little bit closer. I know we're in the same state, but it's a big state. Um, yes, man. This isn't Rhode Island. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I am. I'm. I'm really looking forward though to just continuing to follow your journey. Um, for everybody that's listening, I definitely want to thank you guys so much for tuning into this episode. And Mike, as always, it's a pleasure to talk to you. Uh, can't wait to get this episode out and airing for the public eyes. Uh, I don't know if you saw. I posted today. The show's being played in over ten countries right now. Uh, it's probably all veterans it, you know, who are just out traveling, but still, I don't give a shit. So we're out there. We're going to get uh, more eyes onto you and your Ironman tours and just races. I think China should be exciting. I would love to just be able to wing a trip out there to watch you and support you, man. Oh, cool. I could translate. I got to brush up on my Mandarin. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so, oh, but anyway. Dang, dude. You might be all right. I just I know a couple brief lines right now. That's about it. I gotta I gotta brush I gotta brush up that. <laughs> you know, having a young son though, I was debating on teaching him Mandarin, and that's what's gonna reteach me. And so I think that's what we're gonna do. But he's just about to be three, so we got a couple more months, I'd say, till we really start it. But I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking about start it. busting that out. I mean, he starts. Awesome, he's, he's counting in ten in three languages, but you know, you can't really go full force with like teaching a language to a three-year-old who's still trying to learn English. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But anyway, um, it's it's a, a good pleasure. problem to have, man. Right, exactly. It keeps me on my toes. Um, it's been a pleasure. I can't thank you enough for coming on. I'm super excited about our collaboration. Um, and for like I said, for everybody listening, please, please, please read this man's blogs if. If you don't, if you don't go out and try a 5K, at least try to stay following Mike's journey. Try to support some of his missions because they are all very, very important. You know, we didn't go too far in depth into his military service, but you know, a, a lot of us don't have to to know that what he's pursuing and what made him this passionate is for very good reason. And so, please, at the very least, just go follow him. Transitions from war. I will have all of his links on social on this episode. Uh, and make sure you guys come back next time. Mike, as always, like I said, it's a pleasure. 